Hey friends, special announcement before we start this week's show. Friend of the show, Jeff Miller, started an amazing golf brand called Club Jason. Designed with quality in mind, Jason sets no limits on comfort, feel, and appeal. They are devoted to growing the game of golf and creating opportunities for those who could benefit greatly from a little extra support. 10% of all sales will go to a Club Jason scholarship for a female golfer. An additional 10% of all sales will go towards junior golf programs in Ontario. Club Jason wanted to pass on some savings to you, official friend of the show. Use promo code DIMES, that's D-I-M-E-S, at checkout to receive 15% off your order. Jason also offers free shipping in North America on any order over $99. Visit clubjason.com, that's C-L-U-B-J-S-O-N.com to check out their amazing clothing and to learn more. Jason, join the club. Now, on to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. She's already accomplished so much in her young volleyball career and is yet to play at the university level. So her impressive bio that I had to cut short just so we could get to the interview. She will be attending Cal Berkeley, where she will play beach and indoor. She's already represented Team Canada, where she's got a silver medal at Norseka Championships. She's represented us at World Championships, and she just finished the NEP program at the Richmond Oval. She was named the BC High School Player of the Year. And like I said, we need to start the interview eventually, so this doesn't include her Canada Cup results, her Team BC, everything she's accomplished through high school and club, but please welcome to the show, Katarina Pantovic. Kat, thanks for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I feel like I had to skip over all the stuff you've been doing in club and Team BC in high school because you've been on the provincial team since like grade nine and stuff. But like I said, we had to start the interview, and if that stuff comes up during, even better. <laughs> all right, sounds good. So with you accomplishing so much at a young age, I'm curious... Were you always a volleyball player? Were you a multi-sport athlete? Like, when do you feel like you made volleyball your number one sport and that was going to go towards, like, all your free time and the things you were passionate about was always going to be volleyball? Mm-hmm. Um, so, before I even started volleyball, I was really into basketball, ski racing, cross country, and I actually played piano very competitively. So, that was just, like, throughout my childhood And I actually happened to go to the same elementary school as Doug Reimers, the head UBC coach's daughter. And I remember running with him and his daughter at a cross-country practice. And after that, I think he brought up the idea of going to some volleyball camps, like to my parents. And that's kind of how it all started. I think I was eight years old. At that time, I was still doing like a bunch of other things that I just mentioned. And So after that, I went to a lot of UBC um, and Thunder volleyball camps when I was eight years old. And I had coaches like Kyla Ritchie, Shanice Marcel, and just a bunch of university and national team players that were super inspiring. Um, And then I tried out for club volleyball at Thunder when I was in grade five. So I'm 10 years old. And I got cut. (laughs) (laughs) so but I mean I still really love the sport I I was still doing a bunch of other sports but I always ever since then I got this drive in myself to like really improve and like try and make it the next year so um in grade six when I was 11 I made the U13 team so a grade up I think that was for like people that were in grade seven so ever since then I played up And I remember I was juggling volleyball 
basketball, ski racing, piano, all that stuff up until around summer of grade eight when I somehow, I don't know how to this day, made the provincial team, the U16 Team BC. And yeah, since then, I kind of dropped everything else and pursued my passion for volleyball. That's so funny. Yeah, you mentioned you did get cut, but you were in the fifth grade trying out for like a seventh grade club team. Is that true? Yeah. (laughs) Now, I'm curious, looking back at your club career, what did playing up really allow you to do? I'm sure it felt normal because you started at such a young age, but was there anything you took from that experience? Or like I said, it just feel normal after a while that you were always going to be playing with older kids? Right. Yeah, I think it really helped my development, like constantly looking up to these older players how they carry themselves on the court and just like hearing about their daily lives and stuff. I think that really pushed my limits and like helped me strive to get better and get that work ethic that I've always wanted to have. So yeah, I don't know. Playing up definitely helped with my improvement and development as a player. I think. Now for me being based in Ontario, can you just let me and some of the listeners know how does the provincial team tryout work in BC? Like, is it one tryout and the team is picked from there or are you invited to like a high performance center and you train and then get picked or what is the process when you made the provincial team at such a young age? Right. So, um, I think it's similar to Ontario. There was a tryout for a tryout, like the, the training camp that was the second tryout. And I remember going to that first tryout. I was already on the zone team for U15 and I was going to this tryout to get some experience playing up. Like I mentioned, I thought it would be a cool experience to see what this older, higher level of volleyball is. So I just went to that tryout just for fun. And then I got an email that I got invited to this four-day training camp that was the like final selection camp for the team. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I was very surprised. And I, yeah, I just, I told my zone team coach, hey, I'm just going to go to this like four-day tryout for Team BCU 16. I'll be back next week because I was assuming there's no way I'm making a team that is like a provincial team that's two years older than me so I went to that tryout it was a few hours away and I I underpacked so much I packed for like a four-day training camp and um at the end when they were calling out the people that made the provincial team they called my tryout number last and I like my jaw dropped I was like what and my mom was like, oh, this was not expected. We ended up going to shoppers, spent like $100 on like supplies because I did not expect to be there for almost a month. So yeah, that's how they made the selections. And after that, we trained for a couple weeks and went to the, I think it's called the National Team Challenge Cup, which was in Richmond, BC. And yeah, I think we, yeah, we won that year had a crazy five set semifinal against Ontario and then played Ontario again in the final. So yeah, super fun. Wow. Very impressive. And I'm curious, when did beach come into your life? Like when you said you were going to camps at a young age, were some of those beach or when did you start playing either at Kitts Beach or other programs around the Vancouver area? Right. Um, so I think shortly after I started indoor, um, there were lots of beach programs being advertised 
um, at my school and stuff. So I think I was around 10 years old when I started up at Thunder Beach that was ran outside of a high school. And yeah, that was like, those are my first memories of playing beach. And shortly after that, I joined Side Out Beach Volleyball Club. Shout out to Side Out. Uh, (laughs) It was, I, I was probably around 11 or 12. And I remember that was like when the McNamara twins were there, Sarah Pantovic was there, Ashley Claston, all of these NCAA and national team players. And it was just super high level and super cool experience. And yeah, I find that playing beach volleyball at a young age and just playing beach volleyball in general really, really helped me with indoor volleyball. Yeah, what can you tell us about the big secret at Side Out? Because I think Seymour and Sandy do such a great job there that it's it's fun, but the athletes develop and they get better and they compete at a high level. So what were your thoughts as an athlete going through that program that, you know, it can be kind of loose and goofy during warm-up and then like the switch hits and everybody's competing and trying to get better and working on some pretty high-level stuff? I think, yeah, basically pretty much what you said. It's really fun, but also a very competitive atmosphere um I think just the knowledge that Seymour and Sandy and the previous coaches Kira and Misha have of the game is just super inspiring they teach us so much every single practice we're learning something different and um having just like the legacy of the McNamara twins and Nick Del Bianco and people like that who played at Side Out, it just really like carries on throughout the years and we learn about their stories and stuff like that. So it's just an amazing culture. Awesome. And as you continue to progress, like you're like you mentioned, you're exposed to Megan and Nicole and some other athletes who went on to play either really high level post-secondary or even the national team level. Was that a goal of yours? Or like you mentioned, you were friends with Doug Reimer's daughter at a young age. So did you look up to him and realize what he had accomplished or when did you start to have like these long-term goals in volleyball and playing at the highest level? I think um, definitely after, I mean, I think almost immediately when I met um, all these players, like UBC players at the camps, like Kyla Ritchie, Liz Cordonier, Shanice Marcel, when I met the McNamara twins and saw what they accomplished and how they got there, the hard work that they put in. And that just, I really had this drive to be like them and play both indoor and beach, which I still can't decide between till this day. So, I mean, that explains why I'm doing both at the college level. But yeah, ever since I started volleyball, I was super inspired by everyone that coached me. Now, one thing that I thought was cool in doing some research for the show is when you were a youngster on these Team BC teams that you actually were playing up and Kira Van Rijk was one on one of the teams ahead of you. And obviously she's doing great things for our senior national team now. So when you say you get inspired or you like to have them as like role models, what are some little things that stood out to her, whether it was how she carried herself in practice or matches that kind of stood out to you and and things that you stole and borrowed for your own game to kind of add up to your level? So, um, yeah, it was super surreal being on the same team as Kira Van Rijk. I remember she, um, she was at an event prior to the Team BC training camp, and she came um, a few days into the training. And I remember the first thing that she did, we were doing a six-on-six drill, and she goes up to hit, and I'm in six back, absolutely terrified. Everyone's actually dug into their feet expecting some huge hit, and she throws in a tip. <laughs> and 
we're all so far away from it and it just falls to the ground and I was just super inspired by her physicality her technique and despite being such a powerful hitter she was always looking to work on her shots and develop like a she had such a huge variety of shots which is something that I always as an undersized hitter have wanted to develop so I remember watching her like standing on a box and just working on that sharp cross shot that crossbody line and yeah just um the fact that she was constantly striving to get better even though she was the best by far was super inspiring now there was one name you just brought up uh, earlier that i wanted to circle back on it and having a chance to work with uh mika at side out i understand he had a big role in the center of excellence program getting started because he was a big help to us here in Toronto, as far as like strength and conditioning, just like a holistic attitude towards athletes. And I understand with you getting a chance to work with him at side out, but was he also involved in the center of excellence program that you were a part of at a young age? Uh, I think he went to the Richmond Oval for yours, right? Yeah. Um, I think he was there before I started it, but I have been working with him a lot um, over the past few years, basically ever since I started, he's helped me through practically everything from injuries to mental performance, nutrition, like he knows everything. And I most re- I recently did a mentorship program with his um, Athlete Wellness Academy that's ran by him and Nick Del Bianco that kind of took place over the last three, four months where they would just get together with a bunch of high-performance athletes and just talk about some habits and goals that we have so yeah he's played a huge part in my development awesome yeah great to hear so with your center of excellence program excuse me uh just kind of name drop for us who were some of the coaches what was your program like i understand it was a morning program like how often did you go and how beneficial was that for your long-term career to be a part of a program where i always thought it was cool when you're you're working with athletes but you're not in competition so it really is skills-based and development-based versus like playing time and who's starting and what are we going to do tactically. So it is a pretty unique program that I think a lot of athletes could benefit from. Yeah. Um, so I started the center of excellence program in Richmond in seventh grade. So it usually starts, um, it's for, meant for athletes through grades eight um, and to grade 12. So it runs from six thirty in the morning to eight thirty. one hour, on court and one hour in the weight room. So the, oh yeah. And the coaches are Bethan Thomas, who's still there to this day, Calvin, Ma, um, Taylor Sims. And there were just a bunch of coaches who were there. I think Matt LeBoudet was there for a bit. And something that I really like about that program is first of all, it really gives you that hard work ethic of getting up at practically five thirty in the morning from such a young age and going to the gym and getting better it's very rep based so like it's it's not like a tryout or anything like it's okay to make mistakes you're learning new techniques you're getting better every day and after that one hour on the court you go to the gym and they teach you techniques for lifts like cleans and snatches so just doing that at a a very young age has really 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 helped me with my development and when I'm talking to post-secondary schools and they're saying oh yeah like we lift in the mornings this many times a week and all that stuff 
I can practically say, yeah, I mean, I guess I've been doing that since grade eight. So it really helps you transition to that university level. Awesome. Awesome. And I was hoping you could tell us more about your high school league, because I think one thing that's different as far as out West versus Ontario and some other provinces is your high school season happens before club starts. I feel like club starts around January and high school has its own season where there's a ton of overlap in other provinces, especially Ontario. So I'm wondering with you playing high school at such a high level and earning like a great award that BC high, uh, high school player of the year, what did you feel about the high school league? Like, was it very competitive? Like, obviously, you're playing up in that league as well and learning and competing a lot. Like, just tell us about your high school experience and before we take a deep dive into your club ball. Yeah, high school runs from September to December. And it's definitely, like, comparing it to club volleyball, it is definitely not the same. It's, I'd say, like, teams, there's, like, a mix of club athletes and non-club athletes on each high school team so it really gave me the opportunity to as someone who's been always playing up in club to step into that leadership role and be a mentor to those who didn't really play the sport of volleyball or were just doing it for fun and that kind of stuff which was a super fun experience and um it was definitely a lot of volume like with me and my um my friend Sarah who also played club volleyball we were like we would hit in the front row and in the back row each game so like get a lot of sets so it was very (laughs) very tough on the body so really I think I developed a lot of resilience like through those like five set matches where I would hit a couple hundred times and it was just super exciting like playing with your teammates and traveling to tournaments and yeah that's all I have to say about that nice and for club you played for thunder your whole career right yeah. Nice. And did you have a chance to work with Seymour? Or who were some of your coaches? Because earlier on when we had Seymour on the show, I thought it was hilarious. He comes up with these little plans or these little schemes. And the best one I thought he had on our show was he convinced his team that they never lose in the extra set. Like they're they're just so clutch and they're never going to lose. And he had his team believing that they never lose in the third set, even though they had. But they had this belief that they never did. So I was wondering if you had a chance to work with him or who were some of the coaches that had an impression with you at Thunder? Yes, I did have a chance to work with Seymour. Um, the coaches that I had throughout Thunder that I can think of right now were Jack Serlin, Jeff Ross, Seymour, Johnny Whisker, Cody, um, people are from the National Excellence Program. But my year with Seymour was so, so fun and competitive at the same time, just like Side Out. I... He had some super, super interesting tactics. Like he would call back-to-back timeouts. We would, like the score would be like super tight and he would call a timeout. We would come back on the court and then he would call another timeout. Super funny. Like I found that it was just like really throw the other team off. And for serve receive, he came up with this um, tactic that I still use to this day. Um, Sometimes in high school volleyball, I used it last year. You stand next to someone that is struggling like you literally like your shoes are touching and I I found that it would always throw off the server like they would either miss their serve or they would have to try and serve a sideline and yeah I thought those are just some of the super cool tactics that I mean we ended up winning provincials that year and I think it was 14-16 in the third set and Seymour just kept us super calm throughout that third set and helped us believe in ourselves and stuff like that. 
Amazing. Yeah. I love a good Seymour story. It seems like he's always up to something and super passionate about no matter what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So as you're progressing through club ball, when did the opportunity come for the national team? I'm trying to think when you played for the youth team that went to Norseka, I'm trying to think, was there an actual tryout or did they scout nationals pretty heavily and select the team from there? Do you remember what the actual process was? Yeah. Um, so the, it's kind of different every year. Like in 2017, when I first tried out, they, I think they made the selections from nationals and then, um, they brought us in for a tryout in like Western and Eastern Canada. So yeah, I tried out that year in 2017 and got cut. I think it was for the U16 team and I was in U15 and yeah, I was like, I was super disappointed, but I found that that setback really helped me like really motivated me. So the next year they actually was a bit different. They made the selections only from nationals. So there was no, there was no tryout. I, yeah, no, there's no tryout at all. And after that, so yeah, after I played at nationals, they made the team and I made the team that year. And it was, um, I think 14 girls, 15 girls, I think three alternates, 12 players from all across the country. Actually, now that I think about it, I think most of them are from Ontario. It's a very strong province for my age group and me and I think a girl from Alberta. And one thing I thought was interesting about that squad, uh, we had Julia and Kat on the team here from Ontario and they mentioned they would try to train a little bit early. So they got the Ontario girls together and you guys joined later. So I'm curious what were you doing for prep for that competition? Just because like you said, the team's from all over Canada, but there's a strong pocket here in Ontario. Like, did you feel like you were a little late to the party or were you finding opportunities to train in BC? So when the team finally got together as one, it was kind of all on the same page and moving together. Right. Um, so that was in 2019 when we went for worlds. I don't think it was like that when we went to North Seacoast, but that was a super great opportunity for them to just like get to know each other even more. And us here in BC, me and Imani, and I think Kat G was there for a bit. We would occasionally go to um, train with the next gen team that was run by Shannon. And they basically like, we all use the same technique. So we were just kind of getting used to the passing technique and hitting speed and like speed of the sets and stuff like that. So I think I was pretty well prepared going into the final training camp. Nice. Nice. And yeah, let's, let's just focus in on the progress here. So looking at just the Norseka championships here, what was that like going to Norseka and being a squad? Like, what was it like your first opportunity to rep Canada? Do you remember what the feeling was maybe traveling and getting to the hotel and and going to your first practice, what it was like at, at that level of tournament? Yeah. Um, it was really surreal. I remember we, we landed at the airport, got into this bus. And the first thing that I noticed that um, our bus is surrounded by like security, armed policemen on motorcycles are like surrounding our bus. So I was like, whoa, like this is legit. They are literally pushing cars out of the way to like clear up traffic for us. We honestly weren't even in a rush. We were just trying to get to our hotel. So <laughs> I kind of like... A very surreal feeling and then we got to our hotel and there were people taking pictures like 
I guess it was paparazzi and I was so stunned. I literally started taking pictures of the people taking pictures of me <laughs> and sending it to my parents. I was like, people are taking pictures of me. Like what? <laughs> and yeah, so it was really cool to see how the Honduras uh, citizens were like really admired as Canadians, which is like never had that feeling before. Um, yeah, and the tournament itself, it was a roller coaster. That tournament, I have so many stories. It was quite the experience. I don't even know where to begin. I think pool play started off a bit rough. We had a few losses, like lost 3 0 against a very strong Cuban team, lost against the Dominican. I think we beat Costa Rica, which got us into the quarterfinals against Honduras, the home team. So obviously, very loud crowd during that match. We ended up winning. And then there was a semifinal against Cuba again. This was, I think this is like the biggest game of my life, honestly. I might sound like a broken record telling this story, but... <laughs> Basically, we were going into the semifinal. Like, we lost this team in pool play pretty badly, like, sort of got creamed. But we had improved a lot throughout the tournament. So we were like, okay, like, we got this. We know our game plan. Um, yeah. Also, side note, it was my birthday that day. And I remember at breakfast, the coach was like, we're going to get you a great present for your birthday, a win. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, and, so also that semifinal was the like that determined who would go to worlds. So it was a pretty big deal. Like it wasn't just a regular semifinal. So the game it was actually it starts off pretty well. I think we I we won like the second set, they won the third set, we went a close fourth set, and the game ends up going to five, which is already crazy because this Cuban team, they were so like I looked at them and I was like, there's no way they're my age. Like these people look like they're like 25. They were just banging balls. So we got into the fifth set and it starts out pretty rough. We're, we're down 10-4. Then all of a sudden it's 14-11 for them. Like it's literally match point. And at the end line, they have this spin server she was amazing i think she had like 40 aces in the whole tournament so she's been serving at 14 11 for them and i'm in the passing rotation i have never been more like i was extremely scared if i'm being honest but i just remember like focusing on my breath and being like okay it's okay it's just a serve and i he somehow sided out that point and our setter phoenix lee went on a run from 14 11 and there were a few rallies where there were some tape dribblers. The ball was like falling between the Cubans' hands. And all of a sudden, we literally win 16-14 after being down 14-11. And the crowd went crazy. I, like, I, it was so loud in there. We, like, we realized we just qualified for Worlds. Like, everyone was like crying. And it was just insane. And the Cuban team was stunned. They were like, how did we just give up a 14-11 lead? And I, I honestly don't, to this day, watching that video, like, I get I get massive goosebumps. Like, I just, like, I, it's so crazy. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Do you remember 
prior to going to that event? Did you guys have a talk about goals or expectations or that you knew how important it was to qualify for worlds that you needed to be top two or like, what was the the lead in to kind of capture that moment that to beat Cuba when you're down 14, 11, like that in a semi? Yeah. Well, I mean, our goals, yeah, were to medal are, yeah, to qualify for worlds. And I remember being like, okay, yeah, that, that seems doable, even though it's never hasn't been done in apparently over 30 years but <laughs> it kind of started feeling more real as we started getting th- to that fifth set and even when we were down I think we called a timeout and like we were still like we were still fighting none of us gave up even though it was like in other people's eyes it was probably like okay like game over I remember coming across this YouTube video that this Cuban fan took of the fifth set and I can hear people being like, oh, okay, so like, yeah, Cuba basically won. And then all of a sudden we come back. It was just, we had this belief in ourselves. And yeah, I think going over our goals prior to the tournament definitely helped us. And just remind me, you played the US in the final for Norseka? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, it was a pretty, like, we lost in three, but it was a pretty close game. Apparently, okay, so first of all, the U.S. was, like, absolutely unreal. They were crazy. They won Worlds the next year, so it was such a cool experience to be able to compete with them. But, like, apparently they called their first time out in the whole tournament against us, which I guess that that meant, definitely meant something. Like, I think the sets, like, we made it to 23 points, and it was... Yeah, super close game. I think we had been a bit burnt out from that crazy five-setter the other day, but like it was definitely a fun match. Amazing, yeah. And if we just follow along your national team experience, for World Championship, was it determined that the roster was going to stay the same, or did you essentially have to try out again for the the youth team that was going to represent Canada at Worlds? Yeah, so um, we had to try out again. I remember after, like, after we realized we qualified, we were so excited. But then we came to the realization, I think, after hearing from some people and coaches that we're going to have to try out again. So that definitely, like, really, I think, personally, that really pushed me to really work on some things for that following year. And, yeah, we the tryout process for the next year was... I think they selected players for a tryout instead of actually just selecting from nationals and tryout was in Ontario and yeah, they selected uh, like a slightly different team, but yeah, we definitely had some great assets added to our team. And remind me, I think Dale Melnick coached the Norseka squad and was Scott Kosky the coach at Worlds? Yeah, Scott Kosky was the head coach. But Dale was still there um, as, like, associate assistant coach. Jimmy was there. Um, Nate was there. Just, yeah, similar coaching staff. But just Scott was, uh, yeah, Scott, a super great coach, came in as well. Yeah, what can you tell us about that experience? Because I don't think you would have had any previous experience working with him, with him being a big Manitoba guy. And obviously, mm-hmm. I don't think you might be a little bit young to maybe be a fan of what he was doing with our national team as our setter. But what stood out in your mind at either his training sessions or what he was like in competition when he got a chance to work with Scott Kosky? Um, I loved working with Scott. He was very, like, he was very calm and relaxed and gave great feedback. I remember during practice, like, at first we were all kind of adjusting to the different atmosphere and 
he, yeah, like even though I, I found myself going through a few setbacks during training, he would really help us strive off of those and use them as learning experiences. And yeah, just super knowledgeable guy. And yeah, I got, he was he was so calm during all of these like tight game situations, which I like, I just loved about him. Nice. And just to follow the pathway of your, your national team experience, you were part of the NEP program that I believe just wrapped up this week as we're recording here. So how did you get named to that program? And then what did you think of that kind of setup with, with COVID kind of ruining the club season for a lot of players, uh, having the opportunity to train with some top athletes around Canada and work with our, our now head coach Shannon as the head coach of the program, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um. It's so, it's called the FTC for us the full-time training center and it's so i think nep is like the the one for the younger girls but basically the same thing just older girls oh, okay thank you it's, yeah it's a full-time training and a, it's a program set up for athletes in the national team pathway who didn't have anywhere to train and it started up in september and like yeah just ended last thursday and yeah, I'm super grateful to have been given the opportunity to train at such a high level during these challenging times. It was a very eye-opening experience, like having the opportunity to train every single day, which I've never done before, really gave me a glimpse of what it's like to have volleyball as your job, practically. And I learned a lot from the older athletes there. I think the biggest age gap was maybe like 12 years <laughs> um and it was super inspiring to play with them to see how they carry themselves on the court and just hearing about their daily lives and getting to know them and I learned a lot from Shannon and like about the form that the national team uses which was super helpful and going over video and stuff like that and I feel like it really helped me improve my game yeah if you could give us an example of what like a daily routine was like what time do you get to the facility like do you have a lift every day what time is video just kind of give us like a an outline of what the schedule was for the FTC program mm-hmm. so we trained monday through friday and we would be on court for about two to two and a half hours every day from some days from 12.30 to 2.30 or like from one to three and on mondays wednesdays and fridays so three times a week, we would lift after the training and we would have different phases in our programs, depending on what part of the training we were at. So sometimes it would be deloading or like building up strength. And we would have this thing called perf book where we would upload video from all of our inter-squad matches and also matches against other teams when we were allowed to before and we it would be coded for us and you would all have the option to go over it with the coaches like setting up individual times or just going over it ourselves and the coaches would make comments through this thing called perfbook that we can all see and yeah stuff like that awesome awesome and i was wondering if you could give an example of something like either technically or tactically you've learned because i think it's exciting that every step along your journey you mentioned how much you're you're learning or you're improving. So when you go to programs like this, are they honestly breaking down your passing form? Are you working on like a new spike approach? Are you learning new shots? Like what are some things that you look back and be like, wow, I, I can't 
believe it took me this long to learn this, but I'm so happy that I have this like high level cut shot or this out of system approach. Like what are some things that stand out to you that you really improved on through this national team experience? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So definitely broke down passing for us. Like I used to move my feet a lot, which like, just like before the serve, during the serve and all that stuff. And they really, brought it back to really using your platform and those angles and forming your platform at the line of the serve before like, and then moving your feet right after, which is something that I never really did or had the chance to work on. So obviously it was rough at first, like changing my form and stuff, but having the opportunity to work on it every day for several months really helped me become comfortable with it and like ball those angles. So I really adapted to efficiently using my platform to receive um, a serve and for hitting I throughout high school and even club I didn't really run super fast sets like they would be second tempo but definitely not the same speed as the national team so they ran a very fast speed and I worked they really helped me adjust to um, the speed with my approach like being on my second step smoothing out my approach like not having it be as choppy and stuff like that. So I think it really prepared me for my college career because I know Calibrin's pretty fast sets as well. Yeah, let's go into that. So kind of talking about how you progressed through club and with the national team, what was your recruiting process like? Like at what age or grade did you feel like you started looking at post-secondary schools or when did they start approaching you about where you wanted to go, what you wanted to study and everything like that? Right. Um, so when I was younger, I was always watching NCAA games and like Pac-12 games in particular growing up. And I was really admired the competitive atmosphere and level of play out there. And I started my recruiting process in grade 10, which is actually kind of later compared to other people I mean Americans that I've talked to like they start in grade eight or in grade nine and like commit super early and stuff so that's when I first started talking to schools like emailing schools but I um after the Norseca championships where we had that huge breakthrough and qualified for worlds I definitely I think I had a lot more to add to my resume so that's when I started emailing like all of these schools in the Pac-12 and the West Coast Conference and in the winter of grade 11, I went on a bunch of visits and like got to know the teams and the coaches and was like going through my options. And spring of grade 11, Cal actually reached out to me first. And I was immediately interested because I, they off, they had the opportunity to like, I played both indoor and beach, which is something that I was looking for. And I really liked the, they were super academically inclined, great hardworking environment. So after talking with them for a bit, I went on a visit and the coach actually flew up to watch my practice. A few coaches that I was talking to, like UCLA did that as well. And yeah, it was a bit... (laughs) bit scary because like just having like an NCAA coach just sitting there watching your practice I never thought I'd be doing that in my life but after that practice in it was like in the spring then I committed there yeah pretty long process 
did any coaches ever pressure you saying you needed to choose one or were most schools open to you playing beach and indoor at their schools? Most schools were open to me playing beach and indoor. There were a few schools that thought, oh, like, beach actually, like, doesn't help you with indoor or, like, does the opposite. That Like, that's kind of where I was like, oh, okay. Um, that's kind of not really what I was thinking of doing. So there were a few schools here and there that were against it, but most schools supported it and found it to be beneficial. Awesome. One thing I wanted to pull on and just going over your career and everything you've accomplished that uh, I'm curious, these pressure moments you're in, how did you get comfortable with this? And I'm wondering if it has to do with playing up a lot in your life or, or playing on good teams that you're in these tough situations, or maybe it's a beach thing that you're, you're just used to kind of being like the person that it's going to come down to in these situations. But if you look back and had to give advice to a younger player, like how have you gotten comfortable in these pressure moments or these clutch situations that you're still able to perform and the size of the moment doesn't really start to distract you and take away from your performance? Well, I think it's all about having confidence in yourself and just the things that you do prior to that moment, like believing in yourself and knowing that anything is possible. If you put in the work, accepting failure in those big moments or just in general and using it as an opportunity to grow and to be resilient and embracing that moment and embracing challenges because without them there's no growth and development and in the end overcoming setbacks is definitely what leads you to success and that's what I found really helped me but that's my process that goes through my head nice well said so I'm just trying to think of an example. Like I think your Cuba one is a perfect example. What did you think you were thinking about at that time? Like obviously you mentioned it's a top spin server at the line, but like I'm always curious with top level athletes, like where do you want your mind to be in those situations? Cause I think it's, it's hard to feel confident when you are down 14, 11, but where do you think like your self-talk goes to, or how are you bringing up your teammates around you so they can perform too? Um, well, I try to narrow my focus, try not to think about a lot of things. So for example, I would, just look at the ball, look at the server's hand, pay attention to the small things. I think there was even like a like some butterfly or moth that was like flying by the court and I just kind of centered my focus on that. Just like find something that can calm you down, whether it's an exit sign or something like that. And just yeah, I just try not to overthink or anything and keep it simple. I never miss an opportunity to talk more about beach. So obviously with you playing on the national team, a lot of your summers have been eaten up by indoor and a lot of high performance training, but I'm curious with the the beach scene in BC, do you remember how young you were the first time you played maybe an adult tournament or how young you were when you made the main draw at the van open? Like what were some little things that stand out? Cause I think that's one thing about beach that if you're good enough, you're old enough. And I think there's lots of opportunities to play up in that sport as well. But I'm curious how young were you when you played like your first adult division tournament? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was 13 or 14 years old and I played in a woman's cliver, which has, which had just started up back then. And I played with, I think she, this lady, she was like, uh, she honestly could be my mom. Like if I think about it now, <laughs> it was like super cool. We got, we got fit. That year and the following year, I was 14, played in another woman's cliver, and I played with, I think, who did I play with? Darby Dunn. Super cool experience. We got second, and 
I remember like beating some of my coaches, which was so weird. I was like, wow, like you like using what you taught me against you <laughs> in like the quarterfinals and semifinals and stuff. And I know like I feel I could feel the frustration in the air after I would beat them. Like it was just so funny. And I yeah, it was super cool to play like in the final of an adult tournament at 14 years old. And I think I got a few months later, I played in September with Juliana Kaufmanis. I was 14, 15 years old, and we got third. So another top three finish, really fun. Played a few of my coaches again. And I think that's where I really learned um, some of those like tricky plays that the adults do, like that set over on two or like different blocking schemes and yeah sometimes they would go over on one but that was mainly those 50 year olds that I once played that would just put it over on one in the corner but yeah it was it was super cool amazing yeah and I'm curious was Van Open something you look forward to every year to have a chance to watch like I don't know Megan and Nicole come home for that one or Jamie Broder like a lot of national team athletes will if they're not traveling, we'll make a point to go to the Van Open. So I'm curious, do you have some good memories about that event as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's by far my favorite tournament. I um, My first memory of Vancouver Open is obviously watching the main draw and just being so starstruck. And I played, I always played in like their youth tournaments when I was, like when I had started up beach volleyball. So I was like 12, 11 or 12. And those were pretty fun because it was like a, mini van open for the kids and then recently this summer i finally didn't have any provincial or national team things interfering with the van open so i paired up with quincy burker who played at stetson in florida and we automatically made it into the main draw because i think we like applied for this wild card just like listed a few of our accomplishments and they were like okay yeah you're you're in and um (laughs) That was, like, even though we got ninth, tied for ninth, I think that is definitely, like, my biggest accomplishment on the beach. Like, I definitely put that on top of, like, winning Youth Beach Provincials because I remember playing, we made it to the pre-quarter final after beating a few of my coaches, which is, like, obviously super fun. And it was against Jamie Broder and Denise Wooding, and they ended up getting second and we like it started really well like I think we were up 11-5 and I was just like oh my gosh my mom even took a picture of the score when it was 11-5 because like I'm honestly gonna frame that because it was just so cool having that moment where you had a lead against a past Olympian but eventually like with all her experience and skill Jamie and her partner Denise they ended up winning but it was a really close game and I definitely learned a lot from it so it was a super cool experience also we were um there were these tents that we would sit in between games where like all the main draw athletes would be in and I found myself sitting with the McKibben brothers with Kane Schalk, um, just like all those like AVP national team athletes just like sitting in the same tent as them or like getting treatment next to them was super cool I was very starstruck but like tried to act normal but I was oh my god (laughs) that's amazing yeah thanks for sharing that um 
One thing I did want to circle back to, thank you for correcting me. You weren't a part of the NEP program. You were FTC, and I'm just looking at the roster, and we actually just recently had an episode with Autumn Bailey that's yet to come out. But I'm curious with someone your age, because there are people going off to university. Like, you were there with Julia Merman and some other younger athletes, but you're also there with, like, Brie King, and if Autumn was still there, if she wasn't rehabbing her knee, and Alicia Ogum's, like, some senior A-team athletes. So I'm just curious, when you're around top athletes like that, what can a younger athlete grasp for them? Because I think it's like a coach's dream that we're like, oh, we'll just expose them to the vets and they'll learn something. But that kind of relies on it to happen organically. But I'm curious, when you're around pro athletes who have represented Canada on the senior team, what did you gain from that experience? Or did you have a chance to ask them questions or just be around them in the warm-up games and kind of build this relationship with them? Or, or what did you learn from that experience? Because like you said earlier, there's some young athletes who are leaving high school, going to university for the first time. And then there's these vets who have already played for us and tried to qualify for the Olympics. They were such huge mentors. Like they were just the best. I I would be getting feedback left and right from all of them, which I was so grateful for because it's some of them like Alicia had played at USC and she knows what it's like. And they were all like I would ask them for feedback as well, but they would always give me some awesome pointers like during the drill and stuff. And I I got I got really close with all of them so I just like really got to know like what their lives are like playing volleyball and just some advice and stuff like that and yeah I feel like they really prepared me for like for like university because they all went through it and they all know what it's like so super super grateful to have been able to train with them. Amazing. Yeah, it's exciting to speak to you and hear about all the things that you've accomplished at such a young age and you still have, you know, the large part of your career ahead of you. Uh, I, I know it is family time as we're recording kind of during the holiday season. So I want to thank you for making time. But one other question I did want to ask you is you, you've competed for Canada. You've been at the highest level of our sport, but we like to point out on the show that sometimes volleyball is just kind of weird and odd and some funny stuff happens. So I was wondering if you could give us just a, a funny story before we let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I think funny story that I can think of is Winning U14 Provincials with my partner, Sarah Ostoyuch, after literally putting every ball over on the first contact. I So first of all, I would not recommend this. Not good for your development. But at that stage, we really did what we had to do to get the job done. Um, at the start of that, also, we were, we were like 12 years old, but 13 or something. At the start of that beach season, we were getting like, second last in tier two 11th ninth just not winning games and suddenly at provincials sarah's dad goran he gave us this advice to play tricky and bump it over on the first contact and suddenly we made it to the quarterfinals beat the number one seed just by literally putting it over on one or two balls and we basically won the whole thing (laughs) won the whole provincials which is kind of funny again i would strongly recommend sticking to more than one contact but it was just funny how it all played out (laughs) i think that's such a a strong argument for a lot of coaches is here you are as an athlete you're winning provincials doing this and i'm sure your coaches are like no that's not development that's not going to pay off at the next level but you're like it's working right now (laughs) yeah exactly yeah, we had, I think one of the side out coaches was coaching us in the final and gave us a whole different game plan. And we were like, mm-hmm, okay. And then we go out there and we just put it over on one <laughs> and we were winning. So this guy was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, 
I guess he won. So, but yeah, we definitely never did that again, but just found it funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Kat, thanks so much for sharing your career with us and everything you've accomplished. I feel like there's a few more stories, but we'll let you get a little further down your career path before we get you back on and you can definitely join us again and we can check in on your progress and all the other funny stuff you're up to in our sport. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun.